Hey podcast, what's good? You're listening to episode number 75, Personal Revelation During Tough Times. Stay tuned. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey y'all, how are you doing out there? It's a beautiful, hot summer. I guess not summer day, but I always think it's summer. (laughs) But... It's June 14th when I'm recording this, so I guess it's not technically summer, but pretty hot out there, and I can definitely hear the AC going in the background. But I just had this thought today, what if I told you that there was a way for you to know exactly what to do in your future and also just in the very moments of your life? Everything you need to know and do Wouldn't that sound like the greatest blessing, the greatest gift ever? Well, the truth is we have it. It's personal revelation, right? Trick question. Yeah, that's our topic. Personal revelation. I feel like it's even more important during the tough times in our life to know how to follow the Spirit, to actually follow the Spirit and not try to do it our way or say, hey, I tried to follow the Spirit in the past and that didn't work for me. So I got to do it my way or whatever it is. I really, really feel the importance of this. And so this is what I'm going to speak about today. And in researching it and going back to some conference talks and scriptures, I found a really cool talk on it by Elder L. Lionel Kendrick of the 70. This is back in the 80s. And he has three key points. Uh, that he hits, and they are preparation, prayer, and promptings. I love the three P's. I, <laughs> I use them in different ways, but let's go right into it. Preparation. President Spencer W. Kimball told us that God reveals himself to people who are prepared for such manifestations. Are you prepared to hear it? Are you ready to hear it? One way that we can prepare to receive personal revelation that I feel is key is to repent. Whether it's big, small, this repentance process is so crucial and it can bring about so many other things. In Doctrine and Covenants 93.1, the Savior talks about this. He says, It shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me and calleth on my name, and obeyeth my voice, and keepeth my commandments, shall see my face, and know that I am. So it's kind of the preparedness is in there, repenting, the praying calleth on my name, that's the pray, the second P, and then the promptings, obey my voice, learn how to do that. And a lot of times there's a narrative that when we are repenting or we've done something wrong and we're kind of in that process, that we are unworthy, right? That when we've sinned, that separation, we've created separation from God and that maybe we can't receive the Spirit or we can't receive personal revelation. Well, I still think that you can receive personal revelation, that you totally can when you are on that repentance process, when you're actively in there. Um, When you're refusing to repent, you know, definitely, and you've done something wrong, there is that distance. 
But when you just, just start repenting, don't feel like you aren't worthy to receive that personal revelation. If you've made some mistakes, just get on <laughs> the wagon. Get on that repentance train, you know. So it, it's just interesting, that worthy term. It gets misused. I don't like it, actually. It's usually used in connection with entering the temple. When we think of ourselves as unworthy, it invites shame into the equation. And that's Satan's tool. You know, we start thinking, oh, what we did was so bad, and I'm a terrible person for it. Instead of guilty can, you know, move us to action. I've talked to the, about that before. But shame plants our feet in the soil, and it creates a fear and in movement. So we don't want to feel shamed. And guess what? Of course, we're never worthy on our own of entering the presence of God, no matter what mistakes we've made or not made. But with Christ, he bridges the gap. So I'm pretty sure he loves any repentant soul, anyone that comes to him and says, I'm ready to change. I want to change. I'm getting back on that path. Help me. He will be with you even more so then, I promise you, as he's leading you back where you need to be. And so in that aspect of saying, you know, you're not worthy, maybe in that temple aspect, maybe you're not ready would be the better question, the better verbiage. Maybe you're not ready yet to, to do things like enter the temple and things like that, where you do need to finish the process and be completely spiritual ready. But I think that with Christ, you are worthy when you are humbling yourself to repent. A long time ago on my mission, there was a sister who explained this scripture, the famous scripture in John chapter 14, verse 26, where it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So he, the Holy Ghost does three things here. He's comforter, and that's the C. He's the teacher, teaches you all things, that's the T. And he brings all things to your remembrance, that's the R. So what else can you think of? Let's go back to primary days that are C-T-R. Let's choose the right right? <laughs> we have to choose the right and be trying and repenting and doing our best to make those right choices in order to have the Holy Ghost more fervently and in the lead in our lives. And so I've always thought that that was cool, that the CTR and the comforter, teacher, and remembrance is the Holy Ghost, but we have to CTR, we have to choose the right in order to have it lead us in our lives. So that goes along with, with preparing. And I really feel that within repentance, we find so many more things. And these are the things we need to receive personal revelation. They are humility, their reverence, their connection. These things are what you need. That meditative place inside our hearts, that openness where we can say, I'm ready to receive, I want to receive, I'm ready now to move into the next step of, of prayer in order to receive the personal revelation. So let's, let's jump into prayer. Okay, first, let's think, what are we even praying about? Let's get super clear. There's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 9, verse 8. It says, study it out in your mind. 
then you must ask me if it be right. Okay, so we're going to take a, a scenario, something that we want to pray about. How about we do everything we can, first of all, and see if we can solve it, see if we can come um, to a logical conclusion of something that can be done, right? And so we're going to do everything we can first, then we're going to take that to the Lord. I feel like he trusts us, we are capable, and with his help we can find the answer. Another thing about prayer and what we're praying for, are we asking for the right things? You know, are, are we even asking for the right things? In Doctrine and Covenants 8.10, it says, Remember that without faith you can do nothing. Therefore, ask in faith. Trifle not with these things. Do not ask for that which you ought not. Hmm. So what are the things that we're asking for that we just shouldn't ask for? I think that when we are overstepping our scope of who we can receive revelation for, that is an indicator that you are praying for things that you shouldn't pray for. You know, we've heard a lot of stories in the church about people praying whether they should marry somebody and and one of them saying, well, I receive revelation that I should marry you. And the other saying, well, I receive revelation that I shouldn't marry you. And the, ones, the one person said, well, I received that revelation for you. So you should listen to my revelation because it's for you. No, <laughs> you know, it's the back and forth. No, you can't receive revelation for me. All right, so we know who we have stewardship over um, and who we don't. I think, too, when we're praying for somebody's will to change, when we're praying for the situation to just totally change, that's not the best either. So I have two stories, examples of this. The first one I just saw on one of the Facebook support groups. It was a woman who had been in a very long relationship and basically, let's be honest, she was abused for years and years and years. And she's filed for divorce and he will not sign the divorce papers. So she is praying and fasting that he can soften his heart and that the divorce process will continue and that she can be strong enough to go forward with it and that it can move forward. But the husband, who will not sign the divorce papers, and his mom are fasting that she can change her mind and realize that divorce is evil and that it's not of the Lord and that she needs to change her mind and, and her ways of thinking and not follow through with the divorce. So we've got two people fasting for two opposing things within the same situation. So let's take a good hard look at what we are praying for. Are we overstepping into the will of someone? You cannot will somebody else's will to change. Um, we have to pray that we can be humble and that we can go forward with faith. And there's another beautiful story. I've told it in one of my podcasts, but there's this 10-year-old boy in my ward who bore his testimony. He had a very tough situation where he, he and his four other siblings were taken from their mom. There was a lot of misunderstanding in their case and they went to live with a grandma or something like that and they just couldn't understand why can't I live with my mom why have I been taken away from her and he would pray 
that he could go back and live with his mom again and that things could get back to normal. And he pray and pray and pray and fast and fast about this. And he finally felt the Spirit tell him, you're praying for the wrong thing. You need to pray that you can handle the situation, that you can have faith through it, and that you can be strong enough to face this and with a positive attitude and that you can have a happy life regardless of, of what's going on in the situation. And I think he also prayed for the judge, you know, that, that would hear his mom's side of the story. And, and he just prayed for more things that he had control over and that he could have that spirit to help him be in control of. And the interesting thing is when he did pray for that, he was able to go back with his mom. The circumstance actually changed. I thought that was a beautiful miracle. So when we're in this prayer phase and we are praying, we're going to pray with that faith, right? When we pray with faith, believing in what we'll receive, when it's the right thing, it will be done unto us. And another thing, pray often. We hear that a lot. So pray with humility, pray with faith, pray often, and pray for the right things. Let's get very clear about what we're praying for. The more clear we can get with our questions, the more clear our answers will be. And those can just that, that can just be in general with anyone. The better questions we ask, the better answers we will always receive. And so let's go to the next P, prompting. So now we're actually going to be getting those promptings. My sister, I just saw her at my mom's. We went and visited my mom and she was telling me, you know how people at the beginning of the year make those resolutions and sometimes they sum it all up into one word. So it's their word for the year. And she decided her word for the year was going to be listen. So her word for the year is listen. She just decided, why do I always... <laughs> think I have the answers. Why am I jumping to answer when I'm still listening to someone? She realized she was interrupting her husband all the time. She was interrupting her kids. And quite frankly, I did the same thing. I think for some reason that I've got the answers and I wanted to let people know and I've got whatever to say. So she just realized maybe I don't have all the answers and maybe even if I do, listening is just what I need to focus on this year and I love that even though she's talking about more with her kids and husband and her own family but listening in in all of our situations listening to the spirit and how the spirit would direct us to proceed is huge and I find it interesting in Doctrine and Covenants 8 that it talks about we will know in our mind and heart. Let me just read it a little bit, starting in verse 2. This is to Oliver Cowdery talking about the manifestation of the Spirit. It says, Yea, behold, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart. And verse 3, Now behold, this is the Spirit of Revelation. Behold, this is the Spirit by which Moses brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground. I just think that's cool, or that the Savior is telling him, this is the same power, okay, that separated the Red Sea. This is that same power. You have this. You guys have this. 
Therefore, this is thy gift. Apply unto it, and blessed art thou, for it shall deliver you out of the hands of your enemies. Oh, that's so good. Let's talk about the mind and the heart a little bit. I think it's interesting. It's like this two-way witness. We know from the scriptures that in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall all words be established. It's kind of the same way within us as we are praying to know what to do. Now, especially when we're in the middle of really hard times, a lot of times our mind is a jumbled mess, all right? And we don't feel, sometimes we just don't feel competent. So we need the mind and the heart witness to follow through and know that something is correct. Or on the other side, our heart has been broken. Our hearts are shattered. And maybe we can't fully trust our hearts in making decisions at this point. So we need to really rely on our minds. So I just think that's really cool that we have this two system witness. And remember that when we are receiving revelation, it's line upon line. Sometimes people expect, oh, we're gonna get some huge miracle. We're gonna get this floodlight, you know? It's like instead of maybe a flashlight is all that's needed. But we just think we're going to get the floodlights out. We're going to get these amazing answers and it's going to be spectacular. But we need to remember just it's line upon line a lot of times, precept upon precept. Now, President Kimball once said the great volume of revelation comes to today's prophets in the less spectacular way, that of deep impressions, but without spectacle or glamour or dramatic events accompanying. Another question that I actually hear a lot is, how do I know if this is me or the Spirit directing me? Right? Like, is this my own thought process or is this a Spirit? <laughs> and in a talk by Elder Bednar, he says, anything that is good cometh from God, quoting a scripture, and it doesn't matter. So if it's good, that is the Spirit within you, whether it's your voice or the Spirit's voice, it doesn't matter. Whatever's good come, comes from God. So that's where we need to direct ourselves. Another important thing in the prompting category is the importance of studying our scriptures. With this steady type of line upon line way of receiving revelation, we need to remember that scripture in 2 Nephi 32 verse 3 where it talks about angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do. So having a daily scripture study is so important for our own personal revelation. The answers are right there in the words of Christ, in the scriptures, in the prophet's messages. They're there. And so I think that's really, really key. So guys, how does the Spirit speak to you? How does He answer you? For me, I get like a flood of ideas. I almost get sentences in my head. 
And it's when I'm really pondering something, I'm thinking about something, and I will get these ideas and they are exciting to me. So that's one way I get really excited. So I guess you could say that's the form of enlightenment, right? We're, we're being enlightened in our mind. Marion G. Romney said this is a very common means of revelation. It comes into one's mind speaking words and sentences. And Harold B. Lee said, when there come to you things that your mind does not know, when you have a sudden thought that comes to your mind, if you will learn to give heed to these things that come from the Lord, you will learn to walk by the spirit of revelation. And we talked about another form of these promptings is in that scripture itself that I already read about bringing all things to our remembrance. We'll start to recall things. We'll start to remember things. That's why remember is one of the most important words in scripture, because we remember our spiritual experiences. Or when you remember, oh, that one time when I was six years old and I was riding my bike and I saw the sunset and I just knew, you know, or, or whatever the thing is. And then sometimes our promptings, we actually can hear an audible voice and we can you know, read in the scripture about all that. Um, another way is through dreams or visions. I've heard this a lot. People have dreams and, and they, they swear by them. And we see that with Lehi's dream. And another way we can receive it is through a leader's counsel. The Lord speaks to us through his chosen leaders a lot of times. Um, the Savior taught this when he said, What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same. That's Doctrine and Covenants 1, 38. But, but I really feel like a lot of the Spirit comes to us with gentle, reverent promptings, peaceful feelings, um, promptings of the heart, warm, spiritual feelings. Sometimes it's also compelling feelings. You feel compelled to do something. When I was praying to go on a mission, I knelt down. I remember right where I was. I was in my basement and I knelt down and I felt a push. I felt literally pushed forward. And I even like kind of ran out of that kneeling position. And I knew that I had, I had to go on a mission. Another way that we're answered is we have dark and confused feelings. Don't forget the opposite end of this, you guys, when it's a no or not to do something. So really think about how you receive your promptings and how you can be more in tune to them and what they've been for you in the past and how you can listen and, and heed and hearken those important, important feelings that we have. Now, just to close, I just wanna say, it can be frustrating to look back at our past decisions of what we thought was us following the spirit and ask, what the, you know? <laughs> like, how could I have been right was that really the spirit how could the lord have let me go through that and we second guess and we look back and we think was that the right decision and we mull this over our in our minds and waste a lot of time for me you guys i can honestly say that i was supposed to marry who i was supposed to marry i was supposed to have my child that i had with him i was supposed to learn all of those lessons and even you think the Lord's dragging you through this experience or, or whatever, people change, people have their agency, people 
at the time, at that moment, it was the right choice for me to make. And I followed the Spirit and went forward. And I can always go back and say, oh, I didn't see this and I didn't see that. Or, and uh, you can drive yourself crazy doing that. And so I just caution you to be clear with yourself. Of course, there's always things that we missed, right? And we learn from it. But I was supposed to go through those things. Sometimes what we perceive to be a positive answer followed by a negative outcome is later followed by a new, unexpected, better answer or opportunity if we will but trust in the Lord and keep moving forward. I would have never understood how great of a marriage I am in now if I hadn't experienced what I went through. I would have never met this person. I would have never had these children that I have now. Everything is in line as it should be. And one thing that helps me with decisions in general and how we're trying, we're all trying to follow the Spirit and trust in the Lord, is that the Lord's time frame is so different than ours. All is as one day with God. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it talks about how a thousand years is as one day to God. And so us humans just can't comprehend things because we go by time in which he doesn't go by. And there's just lessons we need to learn. And I promise you, as you trust and know your promptings and go through these three Ps, again, they were prepare, pray, and promptings. You will know what to do. Trust yourselves, all right? and have a great day. Make it what you want. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at coachemilysanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.